0: Poems of the Masters China's classic anthology of Tang and Song dynasty verse Preface Poetry is China's greatest art No matter how wonderful its painting and calligraphy its pottery and bronze casting its sculpture and architecture its music and dance or its other literary arts None of these has ever gained the universal appreciation and participation that poetry has enjoyed. This was especially true of the Middle Kingdom's Tang and Song dynasties, which Chinese ever since have called their golden age of poetry. During the Tang and Song, poetry became the defining measure of human relationships and human understanding. Nothing was significant without a poem, no social or ritual occasion, no political or personal event was considered complete without a few well-chosen words and rhyme that summarized the subtleties of the Chinese vision of reality and that linked this vision with the beat of their hearts. Although this universal art form had been developing in China for millennia, Its greatest flowering was in the Tang and Song, when suddenly it was everywhere. In the palace, in the street, in every household, every inn, every monastery, every village square. I don't pretend to be able to explain the complex social changes that helped bring about this efflorescence in the Tang and Song, but by examining the word itself, we can at least see why poetry held such an important place in Chinese culture. The Chinese word for poetry is "shu," and is composed of two parts. The part on the left means language and the part on the right originally meant administrative court and later came to mean Buddhist temple but this was not the original form of the part on the right and neither court nor temple has anything to do with the meaning of shu. This is because the second part was originally written shu meaning from the heart and the later form was simply the result of calligraphic shorthand and subsequent convention. Hence, the word for poetry does not mean the language of the court temple, but the language of the heart. The great preface to the Book of Odes says, when it's in the heart, it's shu. When it's expressed in language, it's shi. Thus, since the dawn of Chinese civilization 5,000 years ago, it has been the function of poetry to express this innermost square inch of the Chinese heart. China's earliest known book of this language of the heart was the Shi Qing, or Book of Odes. This is a collection of ritual hymns, ballads, and folk songs that date back to the beginning of the Zhou Dynasty, around 1100 BC. Some are even said to have been passed down from the time of Yu the Great, founder of the Xia dynasty in 2205 BC. The collection itself is attributed to Confucius, 551 to 479 BC, who reportedly sifted through some 3000 poems from various parts of China and finally selected 305 as suitable for use in instructing his disciples. Another collection of equal if not greater importance was the Chu-Tzu, or Songs of Chu. This was a collection of the poems of Chu-Yuan, 340-278 BC, and other shaman literati of the state of Chu compiled by an anonymous editor around the beginning of the Christian era. Unlike the Book of Odes, the Chu-Tzu contained the work of known individuals and unlike the more aloof and stylized odes, the poems in the Chutsu poured forth far more personal and heartfelt joys and sorrows. As a result, this book had a much greater impact on poets. Wang Wei, 701-761, once said he carried two books with him wherever he traveled. The Vimala Kiriti Sutra of the Chutsu. As time went on, other collections of poetry appeared. But aside from the Book of Odes and the Songs of Chu, no other anthology gained more than a limited audience until the appearance of the Qin Cha Shi, or Poems of the Masters. This collection was first compiled at the end of the Song dynasty by one of its most prolific writers, Liu Ko Chuang. Liu was also a leading literary critic. And at some point, he decided to present his views on poetry through a collection of examples. Although no copy of Liu's original anthology still exists, we know that he chose about 200 poems and arranged his selections under 14 headings. Flowers, bamboo, the sky, the earth, palace life, weather, tools, music, animals, insects, seasons, festivals, daily events, and human character. It was a great success. And as it enjoyed the good fortune of being published at the beginning of China's printing revolution, it soon appeared in village schools and private ac- academies across the country, where it established itself as eminently useful in teaching students the rhythms of language and also the heart, as well as the names of all sorts of things an educated person should know. Over the centuries, Liu's original edition was rearranged by different editors and the number of poems increased to the present 224. In some editions, several poems dating from the Ming Dynasty were also added to this total, but I have followed most editors in deleting them as extraneous. At the beginning of the 17th century, Wang Xiang, who is better known for his works for and about women, Rearrange the poems into four parts according to poetic form, 39 four-line poems with five characters to a line, 45 eight-line poems with five characters to a line, 94 four-line poems with seven characters to a line, and 46 eight-line poems with seven characters to a line. Readers interested in Chinese poetics should note that that the four-line poems all follow the rhyme schemes and tonal patterns laid down for Choi chu, detached quatrains, and all eight-line poems follow the more complex rules for lu shu, regulated verse, that required a great deal of parallelism as well. Wang also arranged the poems in each section according to the seasons, more or less, he composed the first commentary. Wang's version of Liu's anthology became so popular that the previous editions disappeared altogether, and I have generally followed Wang's arrangement. The Chinese title of this book is Chen Cha Shu, which literally means Poems of a Thousand Masters. There are, however, only a hundred or so poets represented, hence I have dropped the numeral. Despite the exaggeration, poems of the masters includes the most quoted poems in the Chinese language by the most famous poets of China's golden age of poetry. And for the past eight centuries, it has been the most memorized collection of verse in China and part of every student's education. When Sung Chu published 300 Poems of the Tongue in 1763, and Poems of the Masters finally had to share the poetry stage, Sun said in his preface that he based his own collection on the earlier anthology, and he admitted it was superior to his in terms of its shorter, easier-to-memorize poems. Although Sun's collection eventually proved more popular with older readers, Poems of the Masters retained its preeminent place in the education of every school child, as its emphasis on four-line poems made it much more useful in teaching poetry to students at an earlier age. Although China's recent detour into communism saw the chun chia shu replaced in schools with proletarian propaganda it was still a part of the national curriculum until the middle of the last century and i suspect it will be again someday its success like that of 300 poems of the Tang, has been in large part due to its inclusion of poems that could be understood and appreciated by all sectors of society, and its poems are as meaningful today as they were when they were written. In addition to translating the poems in this collection, I have included the original text for those able to read Chinese. I've also added a certain amount of background information to help readers locate these poems in time and space and in the lives of the poets. Scholars, however, are not always in agreement concerning events of a thousand or more years ago, and my choice among different accounts simply reflects what has seemed to me the most likely. But even without such information, and even if they did not fully understand the context in which these poems were written, the Chinese have always appreciated their language of the heart and continue to quote their phrases and lines in their speech today. Hence, I can think of no better way to reveal that hidden square inch every Chinese holds dear and depends upon for inspiration than through this modest collection of poems. Red Pine, Cold Dew, Year of the Horse, Port Townsend, Washington.